beep boop. Recording. <laughs> Hello und willkommen in Crone Country Farms Podcast. Ich bin Bridget, hier mit Andy, und heute wir diskutieren die 2019 Hanover Marathon. Das war meine vier, vierte Halbmarathon, das ich habe geschafft, und an einen Besuch nach Deutschland, Andy hat die voll 42,2 Kilometer gerannt. Hello. <laughs> Just Don't, kidding. That's about the extent of my <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. And it probably... Uh, so, uh, we have Bridget Owens today, and this is Poland. Andy. Oh, oh, sorry. Bridget Poland. <laughs> she She's married to, to Dave Poland, uh, good friends of mine who live in Hanover, Germany. Um, Bridget and I did the uh, Hanover. Oh, Bridget did the Hanover half. I did the Hanover full. This is a long time ago, and uh, today we're going to talk about um, the Hanover experience. Um, so, Bridget, uh, do you want to talk about how you got the idea for this? Uh, yeah. So there were kind of two things. Um, I was not really a runner. And I guess I still don't consider myself a runner, although I am a runner. <laughs> You're a runner. Um, where my company sponsors part of the Hanover Half Marathon, since I'm living in Hanover, and uh, offers free shirts to people who participate in an event. They only really have to cross the starting line. They're not forced to finish. They don't want anyone, you know, to have an injury and then end up, you know, in trouble trying to finish or something like this. Um, but I started with the goal then to run. The, the least running distance, which was 10K, which was very, very far for me. I was so proud when I accomplished it. And after a couple of years of that, the problem was the 10K started at 1 p.m. And so by the time I would get back to the tent for the free beer, it would be over. So I decided maybe I should think about a half marathon, which starts uh, around 10 a.m. And then I would have a better chance to have a free beer afterwards. But uh, that was really a stretch goal and I didn't take it too seriously until my dear friend Andy Crone started challenging me, uh, which I've challenged him for so many, so many years to do quadruple dipsies or quadruple octuple dipsies. <laughs> I have not uh, done the octuple uh, at once yet. Yeah, still, still a challenge out there for you. Uh, and um, where was it? Yeah. In 2016, Andy said, you know, there's this really beautiful marathon in Santa Rosa, and if you would run it, I'll pay your entrance fee. And since I really love free stuff, I took him up on that offer, having not known how expensive it was. So thank you. It was a beautiful gift. Of course, I bought my flight. Um, <laughs> but I accomplished that one. I was so proud. It was the first time I really had made the whole distance. And then after that, uh, I was ready for Hanover. And then I ran five half marathons between 2016 and, the, and before the pandemic. Oh, I didn't know you ran five, Bridget. Five, I, I, yeah. I remember Santa Rosa. Was Santa Rosa your very first half? It was. And so where were your and and so everyone listening, Bridget is in Germany, nine hours difference, and I'm in in San Rafael. Uh, so, um, where um, where were the the five from like 2016 on? 
So the so the first one was in Santa Rosa, and then the following three were in Hanover, 2017, oh, were, uh, 2018, and 2019. And then my fifth one was in Kosice, Slovakia. It was whoa. the Kosice Peace Marathon, um, and the oldest recorded marathon or well-organized or non-Olympic marathon. I'm not sure because I do believe the the Olympics were in Greece well before. I think the Peace Marathon started in 1910 or something, but they boast as the oldest marathon in Europe. And and uh, when is, so the Hanover Marathon's early April every year? Usually. And I think when I first moved here, it was in May. It got earlier every year. It has this crazy thing where it's normally really great weather, so it didn't matter. I think one year it was the very end of March, and it was still really hot. <laughs> and and where in the Slovakia, what, what time of year is that? Um, that's in the fall. I did it in October. And I won't pretend to pronounce that Slovakian one, but that sounds really... Can you say that one again? That sounds really cool. It was Košice. Košice? Shiza? <laughs> And it's in the eastern part of Slovakia. Well, that's really and cool. Really and cool so, city. and the reason I really wanted to do it was what I found out about running half marathons is it's a great tour of a city because you're really running around, kind of seeing the landmarks and then deciding what you want to investigate in more detail later. I, that's awesome. I love, I love the idea of going to, uh a place you've never been or someplace really far away and doing something that's like healthy and like outdoors because yeah, you could go to like lots of places, but you know, getting to really experience them. And like, I'm looking at the map right now for those listening of the Hanover race. And yeah, you really just kind of go everywhere. Um, And it's uh, yeah, it's just, I used the Hanover or actually Santa Rosa as a, um, what, what's the word? I was, I was, yeah, I had ulterior motives. I wanted my friend to come out and visit. So, <laughs> uh, and my parents live in Santa Rosa too. So it was kind of cool. And I think was Tim and Sarah, did they do that one in 2016? Tim did. Oh, Tim, yeah, just Tim. So because Tim Crone's Tim my brother. and you yeah. were done with your marathon. I think we all started around the same time. And you guys were done holding your beers, waiting near the finish, cheering me on, which was so great. I so needed that. And I had an awesome pacer in the first half, which was a little bit fast for me, but it gave me, you know, a really fast 10K for me that was not so much of a stretch to my normal time. So it really helped put me ahead. And Santa Rosa was really hot. I think that was like in August. So it was like, wasn't it like 90s or I think I remember. It started so early in the morning. I remember being a little bit brisk. But it did warm. It definitely warmed up because <laughs> they had that cool. We 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 signed on for the extra beer celebration later <laughs> in the hot hot sun. And of course, being America, you're forced into like a fenced off area where in Germany you're allowed to take your beer anywhere in public, which is great. So uh, I remember that being really hot and very fun. Oh, Cadell must have just been born. Let's see, because 2016, he's born in May. So he was really, really little. Yeah, I don't. Was Mary even there? Mary must have been there. But yeah, so Cadell's my son, everyone. He's five now. So, see? Yeah, that, that adds up. 
He's born uh, in May. No, no, because I think your your mom also ran something. Maybe she ran the 10K or 5K. She Maybe she, ran she did the 10K. Yeah. So so Santa Rosa, and then you know I know that you did the Hanover Half like before, but I didn't know that you were like you know, every single year for like four years in a row. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I'm easily bribed by free beer. <laughs> it's such a nice event. And no, this is, this is... This giant tent, it's a fun atmosphere. I mean, you got you came into the tent with us. We got you into the tent, right? Yes, the Conti. Conti yeah. is continental, the Conti tent. And like, the quality of beer at the end of a race is really important. I did this race uh, in Azusa in Southern California, and they had Coors Light at the finish, and oh. there's no way I would ever run. It was a Revel Marathon. Revel Marathons are dead to me because they were serving Coors Light at the finish. So, <laughs> probably sound like a beer snob, but um, yeah, Hanover knows how to do it. They have, and did, I think they had Klaus Taller too, which is like non-alcoholic. I, I think, or was that In something? Hanover is usually Erdinger. Erdinger, yeah, Klaus Taller was some other race i i don't remember it was so long ago i remember the the hard part was the you know the week leading up to it i had to be on my best behavior <laughs> with all the beer drinking and sausages and stuff like for the race because i i couldn't uh uh gorge or drink yeah too much. i mean it was great because you guys came to visit and uh it wasn't, I remember that whole week, it was like overcast and a bit rainy and typical like Hanover weather for spring um, and cold. But that day, I remember it being really nice, like afterwards, standing in the comedy tent, always in the sun. It's amazing how it works out for the Hanover Marathon every year. It's it's sunny and wonderful, um, even and, if it, and, there's big storms directly before and after. <laughs> I think, I think the... Where, where, and Mary, my wife, gets the most credit, but like we brought two children to Germany. <laughs> and more and one, one of them was, yeah, one, more than once, but in 2016, I think that was our first visit with the kids. Oh, I, in I 2019, yeah. To, or 2019, 2019. And Cadell was two, which <laughs> is really, really hard. <laughs> but they did great once they were there. It was just the travel. And it was the travel back that was the hardest, it wasn't the travel there. Um, so let's talk about, like, uh, I said to John, the last podcast, maybe I should have some notes on this. Like, what was the training? Um, I guess, what was the training like for like the the couple months leading up to it? Yeah. So it's never that pleasant because it's winter time in Germany. So it gets really cold. Um, but I still had a very positive group of uh, runner slash non-runners like me <laughs> that like to get out there and, and train. And, you know, it's not about a, a particular time. It's really about finishing. Um, and so we did like a three-day week plan um, where we would run well, maybe three or four, two or three times a week up to five kilometers. Uh, just depending on how it was, we always took routes where you could stop and take the Strassenbahn, as we call it, like the subway um, to warm up if, if it got too cold or our lungs weren't feeling it. But then we had Sunday run day, and there we would kind of stagger our program. So each week, each Sunday, we would go another kilometer or kilometer and a half. And it was about three and a half months in total, and then it would be race day. 
That's really good that you had a group. I think that's uh, and it was like work people or just friends or. Generally, it started with Conti, um, and there'd be a couple times, and it was always more prevalent in the summer, but it helped in the in the late fall or early winter, especially if we started training. So maybe March, especially where on some of the weeknight runs we would run home from work, and for me it's about nine and a half kilometers. So we would just bring our running stuff, and then we would, you know, I have a running belt, and I tuck my work badge in there and my just the important parts of your wallet otherwise I left the rest at home and your keys to your house and then we would run home and the important part was we make a selfie so the cool thing about our group was that if people were faster they would run ahead but they would have to run back because we always finished together to make the selfie so they would just run more <laughs> I like that all, it was very cool very positive um, and we always ran with a partner, so I was always the slowest, but someone would come circle back and then run with me for a while, and they'd take turns, and we'd just chat all the way home, and then you ignore the cold, so it was it was quite nice. It's, um, that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. I, I think I, for so many years, I just ran by myself, like, all the time, and it was, like, real, I do really hard punishing runs by myself, and, like, I found in the last couple of years, it's really enjoyable to run with someone at like a conversational pace where you're just talking about, you know, whatever. And it's, um, I, I think yeah. it's just, it's really nice. So that is in theory what happens, but I, uh, I'm often just listening. <laughs> I love to talk, but not usually when I'm running. <laughs> well, my runner, uh, the people I run with, we've solved all sorts of world problems. Um, yeah, we've we've come up with solutions for um, social issues. Uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty good at that. So um, let's say it was March 2019. You're like, um, did you have a goal in mind other than just finish, or was there a time? Because no, you did I have didn't... like four other half marathons before. I did. Um, what I found is I'm I'm consistently slow, but I'm consistent. So 2019, unfortunately, was my slowest half marathon. It was 2:45 and two seconds. But I was really happy with that because uh, we had the whole week of vacation and overeating and not really properly. And the Crohn's visiting and, and visiting exactly. the. Uh... And I was, yeah, I was sleeping at a friend's house then so you guys could uh, take over the apartment, which made sense with the kids. So it wasn't, you know, your own bed and stuff. And yeah, it was just a different schedule. Um, but I was really happy with how the race went that I remember. I mean, yeah. what, what was my fastest? So that was 245. And my fastest was the 2018 Hanover Marathon at 238 and a half. But then in Koshisa, I, I dropped a minute and a half to 243.34. So I've always been right around there. The very first one back in 2016 was also 238 and a half. So slow and steady, finish the race. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. Like, I think it's about if you have consistent splits, as long as you're not going out at like, you know, three minutes faster than you're finishing, if, as long as you're steady and you're not collapsing at the end unless you're going for like a PR or something, then collapsing at the end is a requirement. But um. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah, I think it was also great with this running group because they could really rely on me. There was a couple of us that just have, we just have one speed. I just have one speed. I'm so consistent. 
kilometer after kilometer. And so when we would run in the group, people would know if they were trying too hard by the distance that I still was behind them. So I'm looking at my splits and you could see them because we have, I have, we're sharing a screen right now on Microsoft Teams and Bridget can see the screen and it's like a Strava of, because I don't, I didn't remember the date. It looks like it was 9 a.m. on April 7th, 2019. And they spell Hanover with one N. I didn't know that's how you spell Hanover. I don't know. I spell it with two N's. I think um, the British spell it with one N. So I went out really fast. I was just like so excited. And it's like, and I don't remember exactly where we were. We were running through like the countryside and there's like these cows everywhere. And there's some German guy. Yeah, there was cows. There's no no cows. I don't think there's cows on that route. There was, okay, well, it was a farm. Um, Let's see. We went by the Mosh Sea. And then it was maybe like over here. Uh, oh, see. way back there. I bet there could have been. Yep. I bet you could have found some cows way back uh, there. That's I definitely there way past the uh, the half. I haven't ever really went around the full marathon route. Oh, yeah. Well, I only do the half. So there was this mainly to the city. Some German kid who's like, you know, 20 something. So there's two things I remember from the race. There's this one kid who they always say they don't speak English and then they speak perfect English. They say a bit, a little bit. And then I was running with him and he was running like 630s and I ran with him for way too long. And then I fell off my 630s. But um, I I think I did a sub 40 10K at the beginning. It's a little too fast. Um, And then there was a guy running with a pot. Did you ever see him, Bridget? Oh yeah, he he runs a few a few years. I saw him running. Yeah, and he passed me <laughs> with his like I don't know 15 pound Dutch oven pot that he's running with, and he was wearing a hat. He was wearing like a a, a chef's hat. But I had a really hard time after mile. Let's see, yeah, mile 18, mile 17. I fell off. The wheels fell off, and. Um, I finished okay, but it was uh, it was it was much warmer, wasn't it, Bridget? Like, than, yeah, then the whole it, week up to that. Yeah, it was like yeah. you want cold, and <laughs> then we got like a nice hot day for the race. Exactly, uh, and that's how it works every year. Like in May, it was just too miserable, and you know, especially the the winners, um, often coming out of Africa, where I guess maybe they're really used to it being hot, but it can't be that wonderful um yeah it was tough yeah i i i think it was great and like nobody spoke english which was really cool i thought because it was like i'm really in europe i'm not in like some tourist area where there's a bunch of americans i i wonder how many americans there were in the race like oh i'm sure just a handful um, oh, and yeah. it could have been in 2019 that it was actually the winner collapsed at the finish line just as the half marathon was starting. Oh, did I remember cheering die? him in, but I couldn't see over the fence and they I were announcing it. it. Um, I think somebody. No, he didn't die. He just collapsed. No, no, no. He just collapsed and he made it over and, you know, they raced over and hydrated him. But it was a very intense ending and he was really, really fast. It may have been a record for Hanover, at least. 
yeah, there's some serious uh, contenders here. Like, I'm looking at the um, the winning times. Let's see. It, it was Silas Miwich from Kenya in 209.37. So there hasn't been a Hanover Marathon? Oh, yeah, since 2019. Yeah, they had to cancel in 2020 for the pandemic. And they were hoping to do it in 2021. But they it was they kind of did it. That was it was interesting, and I don't know all the details. I guess if you were following along, and I wasn't so closely following, it was like independent. So if you had registered and you still could run somewhere, and you shared with them that you were running, um, they sent oh, you like a, a virtual medal anyway. Yeah, and our company uh, Continental, since there wasn't the sponsorship of the tent, they it was our 150th year company anniversary. And so they also wanted to be part of the marathon. And so we had nine days to run the full marathon distance. So I did do that, which was pretty cool. And they sent me yeah. a nice certificate that's like, you completed 42.2 kilometers. Makes me feel did really you, special. I did it Did you get a medal for, like, um, for completing it? No, but we got cool shirts, actually. Very cool shirts. It's very nice. It's, it's really cool how much my company has inspired me to be fit. That's that's really cool. I like companies that they 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 should make a financial incentive, like they give you <laughs> fifty bucks a month or a hundred bucks a month for like a gym membership or anything that you think is healthy, yeah. and just let the person think whatever they want for healthy, like meditation, yoga, running, biking, whatever, and then they should um, have activities like big companies like should sponsor things like this. But. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I remembered about race day. And I guess I remember in the beginning waiting uh, in the tent on, on part of the track for you to come by. And some friends were like, you won't see him. I said, no, you don't understand. Like, you know me running. I'm slow, but he's really fast. <laughs> And we well, had timed it because I knew the kilometer we were, and I knew you were aiming to finish around three. And it was, I guess, then pretty close. No, I don't know if it was pretty close then. Maybe it was about half, almost a halfway. So you, yeah, you finished like twenty or thirty minutes ahead of me, something like no, that. No, you finished way before me because my event didn't start until after. Oh, okay. Yeah, that. But I, I, think that I makes... was able to cheer for you before I went to the starting line. That's what I was waiting for, and so th that I definitely remember. And then I also remember <laughs> giving Nadine a hard time <laughs> for fun because she was giving us a hard time all week. Of course, having been really jet lagged, and she is a little kid. But then <laughs> we kept asking her to make a sign, and she never wanted to until she wanted to stall for bedtime, and I wouldn't <laughs> let her. And she got mad at me, so the sign said, go, Daddy, and Dave. And she wouldn't put Oh, I remember sign. that sign. And <laughs> I think I have it. I have a bunch of signs. And I actually want to make a wall in the garage that's all the signs that are like, go, and it's right by my, my cycling trainer. Um, I think it would just be cool to have, like, all of them up. Uh, yeah, one of them says, go, Butterman, from, like. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the Iron Man. But um, yeah, this was, this was a good talk. I I think what do I remember? It was so long ago. Um, yeah, I uh, 
I don't. I re, I remember collapsing in your apartment after the race, like just laying down on the ground for, for a long time <laughs> because I was pretty sore and I I really had a hard time. The last I wanted to drop at like mile twenty. It was like I every the wheels fell off because I wasn't uh I didn't have the nutrition, um I I didn't have the energy. I was just really not moving. Yeah, in the last leg of the race, it's really rough. Uh, because Hanover is super flat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anyway, you're running on the super flat. But the the way the track is, you can almost see the finish line when you're getting close to the end. Maybe you're just like three kilometers out. And at least here, like, you have a really strong sense of where it is. But then, yeah, you're showing it on the map. They make you take this right turn which is like a hairpin, almost 180. And you're like, what is this extra dog ear that I have to make? That was probably <laughs> my slowest. Straight mo- to the finish? And there's I a remember. tiny, tiny hill. Like you go under and uh, under the overpass or something and then back up. And it just really hurts every year. It was, that was awful. I remember, so it says Nordstad, which I don't know what that is. Yeah, the Nordstadt, it's the north part of the city. Nordstadt, that's, there's like nobody cheering you on. So you're like, because everyone wants to be near the finish and see the finishers. And so you're like still a couple of miles from the finish. And that's where you just, you just have no gas. You're tired. There's no one cheering you on. (laughs) You're just like, where's the finish? And then you get tricked. You're like really close to the finish at mile, that's mile 25. You see the finish, and then it's like, oh, let's do an extra, like, half-mile loop. Exactly. It's really, (laughs) really sad. Um, But what I've realized is that I had a huge, like, I mean, to just do it, right? I'm so proud of myself doing five. The first one was definitely the hardest because of, like, just the mental ability to get over yourself. And once I finished it, now, now it becomes kind of a make sure my body gets in training kind of thing, but my mind knows I can do it. Well, I had a really good time. I think, I think this is a good, good place to, to stop. I, do you, do you want to add anything else, Bridge? No, it was really fun. Thanks for having me, Andy. All right. And hopefully uh, we can listen to this years in the future and like learn about Hanover uh, April 7th, 2019 before COVID stopped everything and hopefully the hanover 30th will happen is it happening in 2022 yes it is scheduled for the beginning of april i did not sign up yet i have to see what what uh i'm doing for training so i did run two kilometers every day in december just to get out there um and really wanted to try that challenge of like running a mile a day so i just did a little bit over and i did get 30 seconds faster which was cool. I would, I would love to do it again. That's a, um, that's... Yeah. And then we have a concept called like a stopple. It's a relay. So you can join with some friends and figure out a distance. And then you pass a timer. You pass a timer chip from one person to the next. So to try and get a medium distance, maybe 15 or something, I might do that. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to stop the recording thing. All right. Right. Where do I do that? There it is. Okay. Bye, Bridget. Bye, Andy. Beep boop. Is it recording? Start recording. It doesn't say it's recording.
Uh, oh, there it goes. Okay, I think it's recording. Oh, I forgot to add the training leading up to it. So um, I didn't add anything about what I did. Uh, the activity mileage is what I was going to look at. So I'm doing this like in real time while we're talking. On Strava. On Strava. So training log. Do, do, do. To go back. Let's see. What year is this? Oh, there we go. 2019. March. Okay. March 2019. Okay. I did a 47-mile week, 39-mile week. Four, this is March 25th, 2044. And then the week of, I did, looks like I did like eight and then five and then five. I took a rest day before the race. So that's pretty normal Andy lead up. Actually, that's really good. Um, should have touched on to 50 miles. So that, so Bridget, this is my, to break three hours, I have to get to, I have to get into the 50 mile range for a couple weeks before, leading up to it, and I have to keep yeah. my weight weight around. I like always this. find it pretty cool because you are just about total kilometers. So like for a 50 mile week, it would just be five, 10 miles would work, and then you would have two days not running. Um, yeah, yeah. So like. I try to take a rest day. Like I run, um, these weeks don't look very good actually. Like this week I hardly did anything. April 15th. Oh, that's after the race. So I, I took like, I took it really easy April, week of April 8th, week of April 15th. But um, actually I've changed my, my approach. I used to run every day. Now I take a day off. And I try to just do like a long on the weekends and then take the other weekday off or weekend off. Anyway. You end up with total mileage, which is close to the race, right? Because if then if you do 10 miles a day, five times a week, you're only doing half the distance of the marathon. This would terrify me. <laughs> like I, I feel like I did this 2k a day in December and okay on the 31st of December here it was insanely warm so I'm like I'll celebrate with three kilometers and I did not like that last kilometer and I know I probably could have run six but I like I like to have the confidence that I can make the whole distance so I, I find it so hard to train <laughs> oh that was skiing okay I saw a 26 miler I was like whoa I didn't actually <laughs> I didn't actually run 26 miles. I was skiing that day. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. Oh, and I I cheat too because I add my walks uh, as runs. <laughs> uh-huh. And then because I consider walking as a recovery, and so it's part of my running. And if I'm not doing any walking, well then that's less training or less recovery. So I, yeah, you can add your walks into Strava. So I don't know if you do Strava, Bridget. I I don't. People have tried to convince me for years and I know it integrates with the Fitbit. I'm still a big Fitbit fan, but I'm just have the Fitbit app. It's enough for me. Pretty old school. I have the new Coros Apex, which is pretty awesome, but I don't like the screens. The old Garmin screens are, are better. 
the Coros Apex has better battery life and better heart rate monitor uh, function, which is really cool for like sleep. Like you can look at your sleep at night and stuff. But um, so things I did wrong. Um, I didn't train long miles for long enough. It looks like I only did it for like three weeks or four weeks leading up to it. Probably needed like an extra week or two. And I needed more rest leading up to it, too. (laughs) So you train for a full marathon in three weeks? Well, there's base. Other than your base running and fitness? My base running is 28 to like like my base running is like 25 or 30 miles a week like all the time and then you just I, br- I bring it up right before a race and then i do hardly anything after a race for a couple weeks but apparently i'm getting older so i have to recover more which sucks that's important <laughs> i find uh, I was very happy for the recovery after the 2K every day. But what I'm also doing is I do yoga every day. So I had some good stretches. That's smart. I, I've been doing um, calf stretches because I, I have a plantar fasciitis thing now. It's oh, important that's to do painful. That. It is very painful. But um, I, I'm seeing a podiatrist and he's a Wagstaff. He's awesome. And he gave me some stretches. He says I'm very inflexible. <laughs> oh, oh boy! You should All probably right. then work on that. <laughs> now I have to splice two two things together. Yeah, do some this. editing. Okay, I'm gonna do some editing. All right, thanks, Bridge. I hope, I hope the people enjoy it. Bye, Andy. <laughs> Bye.